In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth. And the waters that were gathered together he called the seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its own kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the heavens, and God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and, multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, 
I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Chapter 2 Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land that was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good, bdellium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whenever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he was slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Chapter 3 Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock, and above all beasts of the field. On your belly shall you go, and dust shall you eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall break forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plant of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand, and take also of the tree and eat, and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Hello beautiful people, welcome to the Peculiar Podcast. My name is James Chase, and Adam and Eve are the reason why we can't have nice things. First off, I want to thank you for spending your time here. This is day one in reading the Bible through in a year. I'm going to take 12 minutes every day to read the Bible. And then I'm going to take a bit more time just to talk about the things that stuck out to me and the things in the Bible that we can use to apply to our life. I pray that by the end of the year, you and I will both have grown spiritually in ways that we could not have imagined. So with that said, let's get started. So, we read through Genesis chapters 1 through 3, and when I think about the beginning of Genesis and how everything came to be, I think of apologetics and how we answer the tough questions. Where do we come from? What's the meaning of this life? How do I find purpose? And what happens after I die? That origin, the meaning the purpose, the morality, and the destiny of the afterlife, it all surrounds 
God. He's the one that gives us an origin. He's the one that gives everyone meaning and, and purpose. And after we die, you know, we can either go into everlasting life or everlasting death. Um, he, he sets those parameters and he is the standard by which he has called every human being to live. Now we have the choice to, to not live by that standard. And you see this in the, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? And so with these two trees, their uh, choice is, is established because love can't be forced. God never forces anyone to love him. He, it's always a choice that is presented. And you're allowed to choose him, choose a life with him or choose a life without him. Eve was deceived by the serpent. She ate of the tree and she gave fruit to Adam, who was also there with her. And he ate. And now you have sin unleashed into the world. And this is why you have depravity. You have lying, thieving people doing things to serve themselves. And it's just a fallen world that we live in. And I say this because for a long time, um, there's this question that since forever, I mean, I've asked this question and I'm sure it's going to be asked um, until the end of time. It's been asked before I came to Christianity. And it's the question of why do bad things happen to good people? And I, I started hearing it when I came to God. I started hearing it, hearing it from people that um, I would try to share Jesus with. And I just got this question, why do good things happen to bad people? And to the person that's asking that, or to, to the person that's wondering how to answer that, you know, I would ask, how are you defining good? What makes someone good? Is it helping other people? Is it giving money away? Like, how are we defining this? And, and, that, and that's why I use that term standard. Uh, I said God is the standard by which we're called to live because everyone has a standard by what, that they're setting for themselves by which they are, are telling themselves to live. Everyone has their own definitions of good and evil. And what may be good for one person may not be good for someone else. Someone might find it perfectly good to steal from someone else. And that might not sit well with somebody, but it's this person's definition of good versus someone else's definition of good. That's why uh, the idea of relativism, this the idea that um, everyone kind of decides for themselves what is good, it falls apart because what's good for someone else is, may not be good for someone else, for another person. So that's why, you know, God, that's why God, I don't know what else to say. God sets the standard for what is good and evil. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And with that, he created the standard of, of right and wrong, you know, in those, in those seven days. Okay, let's, let's kind of play this out for a little bit. I ask, I, I ask someone, okay, how do you define what's good? And more than likely, most people would say, I define what's good by what feels good to me. And I would ask, okay, if that's the case, can you allow that standard, the, the standard of what feels good to you, can you allow that for 
the next person, for anybody else. Um, are, are people allowed to live by that same standard? Because what feels good for you may not feel good for someone else. And what feels good to someone else may not feel good to you. Someone might feel good robbing you. Someone might feel good, um, you know, causing harm. And, you know, for someone else to say, oh, well, you know, that's not, that's not good. Well, I mean, well, I mean, that's, that's you, that's your opinion. And, but this person feels good about it. And that's all that matters according to what you just said, according to do what feels good to you. I think that's the cause. That's one of the, 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 the effects of sin is we're, we're deciding for ourselves. You know, we are in the place of God and deciding what's good and what's evil. You end up in, a, in this place where people are running their own lives according to their own, to their own standard. And it's, it doesn't end well for anybody. But if we put God in the place of God, because God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning, I know I kind of mixed that verse up a little bit, but if we put God in, in his rightful place and allow him to set the standard for good and evil, stealing from others, harming others is absolutely wrong, no matter what I or anyone else thinks or says. And, you know, there's, there's, there's justice that is served in that. And there's, there's consequences for those things. And um, I, I feel secure in knowing that if I'm ever wronged, God is the one that will seek that person out and exact justice, whether it be in this life or the next. Is this making sense? I know I've repeated myself in some places, but I, I, I enjoy po apologetics. I, I got into it a little bit. I would say maybe like five or six years ago when I was at work and I was trying to answer these questions, you know, uh, because I wanted to bring people closer to Jesus um, by any means necessary. And, you know, I, I wanted to have an answer to these questions. And so I, I got into apologetics and, you know, I and, and, and it just helped me just understand the Bible more. It helped me just understand, you know, how amazing God is. And yeah, I really enjoy it. I'm going to get off of that and just move on to other things because we have like two more chapters to get through. <laughs> and I could go on and on just about apologetics and morality and all, all that stuff. Something else that stuck out to me. Side note, I just want to ask you this question. Listener, hi, how you doing? The Bible says that God created the earth in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. Do you, no judgment here, do you believe that it was a literal six days. Um, growing into Christianity, um, I just I started following God 10 years ago, and I believe that it was a literal six days. But it wasn't up until recently that I learned about this, um, I guess, more of a, a, a scientific six days. I think it was like because people are debating on how old the earth really is. And I think it's interesting. Um, I'm, I don't think it matters either way because God reigns supreme and you know he's coming back he's going to create a new earth all that but i think it's interesting um to talk about um so yeah do you i just want to know like what are your thoughts i mean talk about that amongst yourself do a little research something else that stuck out to me humans were originally made to be vegetarians in uh genesis 123 it says and god said 
Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of every tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. Wow. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know what that means now because because of the fall, you know, we're allowed to to eat meat. But I just think it's interesting. It's just it just caught my attention. All the the fruit and the seeds. It was supposed to be as meat to us, but now we have actual meat. Another question, um, like what, what, what are your, what's your dietary style? Like, I didn't, didn't know how to phrase that question. Like, are you vegan? Are you vegetarian? Pescatarian? You know, um, I don't know why I said it like that. All right. I don't eat as much red meat as I used to. Just, you know, I'm trying to be healthier. I'm eating a lot more chicken. And fish, um, it feels good, but I really like having burgers, y'all. Is and bacon and cheese. It's like bacon with cheese on it. It's it's great. It's it's so good. And I can I can't give that up completely. I just won't. I just I just can't. So that's where I'm at on that. <laughs> um, what else? For a while. I thought that in the garden, like in, you know, in the, the perfection of the garden before the fall, that man wasn't supposed to do any work. I thought work was a cause of the fall. As I read the Bible more, as I read Genesis more, I learned that, no, the, you know, God intended man to work and to till the ground and, and to take care of all the animals of the earth. And uh, it, it, because of the fall... Um, God says, you know, you're going to work the ground and it, it won't yield anything to you. You know, work isn't an evil thing. <laughs> I thought for a minute, I really did think for a minute, like, man, like work is evil. Work is, <laughs> work is, <laughs> work is like, work is part of the fall and we just need to get out of this. So, um, so we can get back to not working. No, but God, God has given us responsibility, has given us responsibilities and it's wonderful. All right, let's talk about the institution of marriage. Let's talk about the um, Adam and Eve. So God puts Adam to sleep. He takes a rib out, and from that rib, he forms Eve, and he wakes Adam up. Adam sees his woman, and he says, Behold, this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. And I can imagine Adam being so elated just seeing this woman and, you know, just thinking within, within himself, you know, I don't, I don't have to be alone because who knows how long it took for him to name all, all of the animals and who knows how long he was working for before God finally said, you know, it's not good that man should be alone. And, and he put him through this process and, and gave him Eve. Also, side note, for a long time, I always thought the term was helpmate because that's what I heard. I heard for a long time, helpmate. Find you, find you a helpmate. She's a good helpmate. Um, I want to be a good helpmate. But then I, you read the Bible and the term is, it's helpmate. It's, it's meat. It's helpmate, not M-E-A-T. Helpmeat. <laughs> I know we were talking about food earlier. Just trying to clear that up. Helpmate sounds like we, it got lost in, in a game of telephone. Like it was originally help help me, and now through years and years, it was like, oh, help mate. That's what it is. You want to be a helpmate? Go be a helpmate, Tiffany. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know where Tiffany came from. It just did. It really just, it's staying in. All right. So, but help, help me. It sounds, it sounds great. It sounds like you, you have someone walking beside you going through this life and to help you glorify God. You, you're both glorifying God together and working at something together. With that said, I wanted to ask another question. I'm going to ask questions throughout this year because we're going to grow, grow in, in the Bible together. It's a me, you thing. We're just hanging out, talking. The question is, what is the role to you? What, what is the role of the husband and what's the role of the wife? In this era, this time, we're in the 2020s. We're in the 20s, guys. <laughs> Things are definitely different in the 1920s. So what, what do you believe the standard or not the standard? What do you believe that the role of the husband is and what the role of the wife is in the 2020s? Yeah, that's a question. Um, speaking as a man, because that's what I am, I think the role of the husband is to protect and provide. And I say this because when I read about the fall, when I read about Adam, when I read about Eve eating of the fruit, being deceived by the, by the serpent and Adam eating, you know, the Bible says that Adam was right there. I, for, I, and I didn't realize this until maybe like maybe a year and a half ago, almost two years. Adam was right there. I, I thought that it was it was Adam was far off somewhere. And, you know, Eve, like walked to the tree by herself and she got deceived and, and so on and so forth. But the Bible says that Adam was right there. So that tells me that Adam failed in protecting his wife from 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 being deceived and and so i i see that and i think okay i need to be a husband and a man that protects his wife just from the world <laughs> um from and just keep her safe and secure like that's that's part of my job as a husband and um i hope i can live up to that as for the woman, honestly, I'm going to be I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be honest with you and transparent. I feel I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's so different. I feel like it's so different. I feel like um, I think like 100 years ago, that question would have been easy to answer because according to culture, women were mostly at home. And so you know, if you were to ask a man a hundred years ago, like, oh, what's the what's the role of the wife? Like, what is she supposed to do? Oh, she's supposed to like be at home, like taking care of the home and then cleaning and and stuff. But for me, I'm like, I, I don't know how to answer that in a way that's safe, if that if that makes sense. Um, Like, I don't like I, no, I don't want I don't want my wife to like she doesn't have to be at home she doesn't ha she doesn't have to be like at home taking care of the house i mean that that's a great thing um i'm not knocking on anybody that wants to do that and i don't think anyone should feel bad that they want to do that i don't know like what does it mean to be a help me that's a question for me like i'm, I'm asking you like what does that mean to be a help me 
And I, I want to find, I want to answer that question this year. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Hmm. I'm going to ask some of my lady friends, like, what does it mean to be a help meet? Okay. So when it comes to the church, hi, church people, if you go to church, I'm talking to you. Okay. There are women preachers. There are women missionaries. There are women doing things nowadays that are so different from maybe, I don't know, 20 years ago. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to get as close as possible to today because I feel like things have changed that quickly. Um, you know, that it's when it comes to things have changed so much that when it comes to like, okay, what's the role of the, the help meet? Um, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just being transparent. Let's, it's nothing. It's, it's definitely not supposed to be anything, uh, subordinate or like, like an assistant role, like nothing like that. The husband and wife are a team. You're working together. You're walking side by side towards God. You're building something that will bring glory to God. You're glorifying God through your marriage and how you love one another and respect one another. And you're um, giving God glory through, through your ministry, whatever, whatever that is. And I still don't, I don't know how to answer that question. I don't know like what a, what a good help me it is, but I want, I, I'm writing that question down and I want to, I'm going to ask people, I'm going to ask people. All right. Thanks for um, listening to that. Uh, that was, that was tough. That was hard for me. <laughs> that was hard, but um, being transparent, this is the kind of podcast that it's going to be. I'm just, just talking to you. Um, I'm not, a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I'm just a guy that likes talking about the Bible with people. And I hope that you, you know, you continue to join me in this. All right. We're moving on to the last thing that I would like to talk about. There are a bunch of other things that stuck out to me in these three chapters, but I kind of want to wrap it up here. So Genesis one, two, and three one of the most amazing things that I see is the gospel. You, you have God creating everything and everything is amazing and, and, and perfect and just the way he wanted. And you have plants bearing seed. You have animals. You have the fish, the birds, and creepy crawly things. <laughs> I, like, I want to ask God why he made wasps. I like... <sighs> Just when I get there, it's like, God, wasps, why? Like, what did they, what good did they serve? I don't, because I, I don't see it yet. I see spiders, spiders are good. Spiders eat bugs and, you know, I'm not mad at them. Um, also, why mosquitoes? Just, what, they're just annoying. Bees, bees are good. Bees, bees make honey, you know, they might stink, they might sting. they might be a little annoying, but hey, you make honey, you contribute. So it evens out. But wasps and mosquitoes, why, why are y'all here? You're just, <laughs> you're just here to harm people. <laughs> All right. But everything is, is perfect. And the serpent deceives Adam and Eve and everything falls apart. And 
you know, we have, it's the reason for, like I said, it's the reason for lying. It's the reason for thieving. It's the reason for um, serving ourselves. But it's also the reason why we see people die too soon. We see people not live a quote unquote full life. It's the reason for, for cancer and it's the reason for disease. It's, it's, it's sin. It all goes back to sin. And God shows up and he's looking, he's looking for Adam and Eve and they come out and they were, they're afraid they're in their shame and God confronts them and, you know, he, he punishes them. You know, he tells, tells Adam that, you know, you're, the ground is cursed because of you. He tells Eve that you're going to have pain and childbearing. Sorry about that, ladies. And he tells the serpent that um, he's going to put enmity between his offspring and Eve's offspring. And this is kind of where things take a turn for the better. Because God tells the serpent, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. And God is talking about Jesus in this moment. And God is seeing everything because he's all seeing, he's all knowing. And he's seeing all the way down the line, all of Adam and Eve's descendants, all the way down to Jesus. And he sees Jesus conquering death, hell, and the grave and dying for our, our sins. And he's telling the serpent that he's going to bruise your head. He's going to destroy you. And you're only going to bruise his heel. Like tis but a scratch, as they say in Monty Python. (laughs) And the chapter goes on because Adam and Eve realize they're naked and they're ashamed. But God comes and he makes coats of skins and clothed them. And I see grace in that moment. God confronts them he tells them um of of their of their punishment and and the consequences but he also shows them grace and because god could have just ended it right there and just have been done with it but he shows them grace and allowed something else to die in their place you know he says god made coats of skins and so i don't know if it was a a, a lamb or a ram but Something died to take the place of, of Adam and Eve, and they, they were clothed by this, this animal. And it's the same way that God took our place on the cross. You know, we, we've sinned, we've done selfish things, we've lied and cheated and, and stolen and have hurt people, and we've committed sin, and we deserve the wrath of God, but... God has loved us enough to send his son to die on the cross for us. And that's, that's the gospel. It's, it's God showing his creation grace and, and love and instead of giving them what they rightfully deserve. So to the person out there that's asking, why do good things happen to bad people? I would ask, is that the right question? Um, who are we to decide what's good and what's evil? I mean, the answer is sin. That's why bad things happen to good people. But honestly, is that the right question? Is that the question that we should be asking? I, I think the actual question that we should ask is, why should God 
allow someone who has hurt people, who has stolen and, and lied to people and who has done selfish things to continue to see another day? Why should God keep showing me or you or anyone grace? Because we don't deserve it. We deserve the wrath of God. But thanks be to God that he sent his son to die on a cross for us that we may have everlasting life should we believe in him. And I know why you asked that. I know that you see the the wrongness that's in this world. You see how messed up things are and how wrong things are. And you're wanting some sense of justice. And I think that's good. But I would challenge you to make sure that you're not judging by your standards, but you're instead judging by God's standards because his standards are way higher than ours. And he calls us to different standards. He calls us to higher standards. He calls us to higher standards of, of good and evil. And I think once we see things from his perspective, we would understand what this world actually is, why we're here, and what we're made for, what, what the meaning of this life is, and the, the, the chance at everlasting life that he has given us. Even the, the final verse in chapter 3, how God keeps Adam and Eve out of the garden so that they don't eat of the, the tree of everlasting life and be in this state forever. It, that's an act of grace. So, so thanks be to God for keeping them away from the tree of life. I want to thank you for listening to this episode. I really enjoy just talking about the Bible. Like I said, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I just, I'm just someone who reads the Bible. I have these thoughts and these questions, and I'm just bringing them to the general public to share with you and hopefully, you know, have you thinking about these things as well. I've always imagined me being around people and, and talking about the things of the Bible. Um, but in this era of COVID, that is much, much harder. And so this is kind of my way of doing this. This is my way of having this conversation with you. So I would ask that if you want to continue the conversation, you can uh, message me on Instagram at underscore Peculiar Productions. This is where the podcast episodes, well, the little snippets of podcast episodes are going to be posted. Um, I'm also going to be on YouTube and Spotify. That's where you're listening to this right now. Um, and also on Facebook at Peculiar Productions. So continue the conversation. I would very much like that. Uh, message me, comment below your thoughts, your reactions, your answers to the questions that I asked. And it would be much, much appreciated. So thanks again for spending your time here. That means so much to me. And I'll see you tomorrow. We're going to continue this. <laughs> so until then, know that I love you, but Jesus loved you first. See you tomorrow.